I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to WozBiz from our Barangaroo studios. Of course, it's just gone at 1 p.m., that means it's time for the call. Ten stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It's Wednesday, the 10th of June. It's great to have your company and our two experts today. A very big welcome to Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Henry, good to see you. Nice to and Francesco Destradas from Ords. Francesco, good to have you in our Barangaroo Studios yeah. for the first time. Yes, thank you very much. You're back from isolation. Back from <laughs> isolation, so to speak, yes. <laughs> How things been going? Oh, it's been good actually. Coming into the city every day has been quite quite pleasant because yeah. uh, there's no one else coming into yeah, the city. Exactly um, right. You've got to keep your distance from people and things like that. But um, yeah, travelling wise, yeah. sort of you know, public transport or or, or driving has been yeah. quite good. Market yeah. wise, look, you know, the market's a market. You can only work with what is doing in the market at the at the yeah, moment. Exactly. Um, personally, I think you know the the fall we saw was. The pandemic was the trigger. Yeah, um, I'm very, very surprised by where it has come to oh. <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Got yes. a bit ahead of itself. Yeah, I, I look, I think so. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Henry, do you reckon ahead of itself? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, yes, it has got ahead of itself. It does look a little bit overbought, the US especially. But every time you think that, it just kicks again, and it's all to do with the Fed. And we've got the Fed again this week. Um, we're going to get some economic projections out of Jerome. So hopefully. We can keep the rally intact, but you know there are some question yeah. marks over valuations, and, and the retail punter in the U.S. has just gone nuts. Yeah. You know, zero brokerage and zero interest rates, and go for your life with a margin yeah. loan. You know, and they're stuck at home. A lot of money being thrown. It's, it's, it's a, a sort of, of weight of money, isn't it? it more is. than anything yeah. else, it's liquidity and weight of money that's really driving this at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, speaking of which, uh, we'll get to your ten stocks very shortly. Indeed, we've got a. Um, a great list and really diverse list of stocks to get through today. But I always choose a stock of the day, a stock that's in the um, in the headlines. Um, Credit Corp is a bit of an old favourite of the call here. Jumped over 15% yesterday. The debt buyer completed a $120 million equity raising in April. Looks well funded to ride out the storm. Share price has been on the rise for the last two weeks. Francesco, is there more to go on Credit Corp? Look, I think this company's in a little bit of a sweet spot at the moment because not only does it sort of have consumer lending products, you know, the, the people have seen the ads, Wizard Lending and all those sort of things, it also purchases the debt collection side of things as well. Yep. So I think it's on both sides of the balance sheet and I think the market's realising that, you know, after the sell-off of, you know, the, the, you know, the COVID sell-off, if you want to call it that. Um, I think a lot of stocks have sort of had the microscope put over them and thought, well, you know, ultimately this, this stock is not... Uh, going to be severely negatively impacted by yeah. it. So, so look, I, I think there's still a little bit more value in it. I, I wouldn't go sort of too far because it's had that initial run. But yeah, um, yeah we, like, we like the stock. Over yeah. twenty bucks. Uh, yes. Currently, it's well run. Good management. Oh, very good management. Yeah, definitely, and well funded as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, definitely. Henry. Uh, yeah, as Francesca says, I mean, well managed, uh, good company, 
good balance sheet now. It's done that rights issue, or the placement rather, and the SPP, that's all over now. Um, so that is a significant positive. The other positive, I guess, is that their major rival collection house uh, in Australia, anyway, still suspended and still having some issues. Yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> yeah, it does that collection. That, that's not going to be pretty, I don't think. No. Um, so, you know, that, that's good. It takes out one of the competitors bidding for these debt ledgers. Yeah. Um, the real crunch for collection uh, for um, Credit Corp is going to be the same with everybody at the moment, is when the stimulus runs out in September, what happens then? Because a, lo a lot of these, uh, a lot of people at the moment, some of them are actually getting more money sitting yeah. at home doing nothing than they actually were when they were working because of the way the, the, the scheme's been structured in, yeah. in, in terms of this job seeker. So that's the question, is how bad the debts will start to blow out and how easy it is for repayments yeah. when we hit that wall in September. So yeah. um, I think that's the unknown at the moment. It's run pretty hard. For me, it's, it's kind of a hold. Right. Um, it'd be nice to see a little bit of unwinding of the position and just to sort of consolidate at these levels. Yeah. But it's certainly shrugged off that capital raising pretty yeah. well. Yeah, right. All right, so pretty good rap for uh, Credit Corp, but maybe it's getting to the, the top of the rise at the moment. And a lot of people... I thought marked it down originally because I thought all the bad debts are going to come through because of this terrible recession we're going into. But it looks as though it may not be as bad well, like as Henry we all said, thought. The, 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 it is the demographic that uses their lending products and yeah. getting that extra uh, bit of cash coming through at the moment. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens when that, that's the yeah. I, I reckon that's going to be the review at the end of this month when the federal government said, oh, we're going to review JobKeeper at the end of June, mm. that it will be cutting out things like that. It, it's more the job seeker, I guess, than the JobKeeper yeah. um, because of those. Because it's really hit the 20 to 30-year-olds really hard. Yeah. The ones that have been in hospitality, the ones that have been in tourism, um, and those are the ones that are vulnerable to, to, to debt, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, without that income. So, yep. Okay. All right. So that's our stock of the day, Credit Corp. Let's start getting into uh, the stocks you suggested. This one from John, uh, Pilbara Minerals, um, a lithium mining company um, with um, a, a mine in the Pilbara region, uh, Francesco. Um, what do you think of Pilbara Minerals. Well, from point of view, our, our analyst recommendation, we have a sell on this stock. Um, you know, it's trading quite a bit above the valuation. I think the valuation he's got on is about two, 25 cents. Right. Uh, it's trading around 37 at the moment. Um, look, they had a pretty poor quarterly update as well. Production numbers were down uh, or below what, what people were expecting and guidance wasn't that great also. Um, you know, from a point of view of lithium, look, you know, the euphoria in the lithium market you know, has yeah. been and gone. Um, I think it's quite a good story, lithium. Look, it's, a, it's a wonderful I'm, story. And, and, <laughs> I'm and sure you realise there's a lot of it about. There's a lot of it about. <laughs> and and when, when the price of lithium goes up significantly, everyone starts investing and looking for more of it. Yeah, and, yeah. and ultimately, supply starts to increase at some stage. So, right. And the demand for lithium, yes, there will be growth going into the future, but I, I don't see you know, you know vertical growth in, in this type of commodity. I think there will be a sl steady sort of growth pattern right. in it. So, so from our point of view, look, we, we would uh, be looking... So it's had a nice little run up from, I think it had a low of 13 and a half, 15 cents. Yeah. So it's had a nice little run up from there, but um, I'd still be looking at selling mm. at this point. Henry? Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the problem is the underlying commodity that they're producing is not really showing great gains at the moment. And the big rally, I guess, has been predicated on, on China returning yep. um, and the electric vehicle sales coming out of China. Chinese car sales are recovering quite nicely at the moment. And they are also pushing towards electric vehicles, which is good. But we need more than just China to, to help that lithium market. So, you know, at the moment, it's had a, a great run 
as yeah. you say, um, of what, 13, 14 cents to 37, 38. I've, I've been long this stock before and badly wrong. I like the lithium story. Um, but as, as Francesca says, you know, once, once the price gets to such a level and everyone wants to play the game, there's quite a lot of it around. Yeah. Um, certainly a lot in South America. So um, it's, it's, it's hard at the moment with that headwind of that commodity price. So, you know, it's had a great bounce. It's massively shorted this one. It's like Syrah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both big time short positions in these. So when they get squeezed, they get squeezed hard. Yeah. And at the moment, we're seeing a bit of the squeeze. We may see a bit more, but I think at the moment, until we see a global recovery, yeah. um, rather than just one specific market, all right, it's the biggest car market in the world now. Yeah. But still, we need to see a global recovery. We need to see that, that lithium yeah. carbonate price. And we're sort of not seeing that in the US at the moment or Europe no, or well, here. Already, you know. Newcastle is <laughs> terrible It's, it's extraordinary. I, I was listening on the radio just as I was coming in. 1,200 deaths in Brazil in mm. the last 24 hours. Yeah. Those are big numbers. 111,000 people now in the US it's got to. You know, it, it's kind of got yeah. missed now in the whole George Floyd uh, yeah. issue. Yeah. But, you know, this it's still is, out this, there. It's still out there. Still out. It's, well... It, well, Brazil's president has taken the sneaky option of he's not counting them anymore. He's not putting not, out official numbers because... Somebody is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he thought it was... Uh, he was one of these conspiracy theorists yep, uh, he saying, it was... oh, it's not going to get as bad as everyone thinks it is. And no. it's decimating, as we're seeing with the iron ore price uh, yeah. with Vale in, uh, in Brazil. Well, I guess the, the risk is that it spreads to other mining countries, yeah. know, Chile, Peru, Peru etc. And that does affect production of lithium carbonate. But at the mo- you know, these are big brine lakes. They're, they're, yeah. not, cap- they're not people intensive. Right. Um, and they're out in the middle of nowhere as well. So yeah. I don't think it's such a okay. factor, maybe as Vale has with the iron ore. Yeah. All right. Um, there you go, John. That's the, uh, that's the opinion of both Francesco and, uh, and Henry. Our second stock, Francesco, this one sent in from Guinness. Thank you for that. Um, Coles, big supermarket chain, the darling of the pandemic, as we all... Well, uh, the supermarkets have been his, in the sweets. Hysterically whatever. did it. Yeah. <laughs> Went and bought toilet paper. Yeah, look, the, the supermarkets have been in the sweet spot yep. during this period, obviously. You know, with you know restaurants and, and, and you know, takeaways and things like that starting to shut down. You know, people have had to dine from home. Um, unfortunately, they have to learn how to cook. Um, and look, you know, like-for-like like sales were very good last quarter, not just in Coles, but across the, across the spectrum. Um, you know, and the other, the other opportunity I see here for the supermarkets is being able to regain a bit of margin. We didn't see a lot of sales during that period, you know, the no. specials and things like that. Yeah. So they've been able to recoup a bit of lost margin that they've, they've yeah. had to squeeze out over the last sort of five years, I would imagine. So, look, I think the supermarkets are in a good position still, um, but sales growth, I think, is probably capped a bit because we saw that lift up in the last quarter. Yeah. I don't think the rise is going to be as great, if at all, over the next quarter. But I still yeah. like the businesses, you know, Coles or Woolies. I think they're both yeah. very well-run businesses, good assets. Um, look, and I, I look, you know, we have accumulated on Coles and I think I hold on Woolies at the moment. Um, right. You know, I, I wouldn't disagree with those recommendations at this point in time. Okay. Um, yeah, they are trading on fairly high multiples compared to what they would trade on historically, you know, so you're talking over 20 times earnings. Yeah. You would expect to see a bit more growth out of them for that, but because they're very defensive assets, I think, you know, right. they're, they're, they're earning their stripes to trade at those levels. And also very generous to the staff too, didn't they? Coles came out and gave them a bonus in shares and cash for yeah. working through the pandemic and putting up with 
all of us in the shopping <laughs> aisles as we, yeah, look, we went some like maniacs. Very and, unfortunate yeah. stories in you know, yeah. young people working in supermarkets and things like that. But look, unfortunately, during yeah. periods of distress, um, you know, yeah. people have to learn how to deal with different situations, yeah. I think. Exactly. Uh, what do you think, Henry? It's, um, it's kind of a low growth, boring, defensive stock. It's performed yeah. very well throughout the, 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 the pandemic, um, the crisis, I guess, um, as a very low growth, boring stock. For me, the fact that West Farmers has been selling down its, its stake is significant. These yeah. guys obviously see better and, and, and more geared opportunities elsewhere. There's only so much you can wring out of a supermarket business. Maybe it is a margin thing that they can do. I noticed toilet rolls were at half price the other day, which yeah. shows how far we've come since, yeah. since March. We're, <laughs> we're trying to work through what we've still yeah. got in the storeroom. There is a backlog there for sure. So for me, I think it's pretty much stuck in the trading range at the moment. If we do get a, 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 a bit of a sell-off in the market and we get a bit of risk off, these guys should do relatively okay compared to the market, right. but it's not very exciting business. Uh, I think the West Farmers is more exciting right. um, because it has that office works and it has the Bunnings business, which yeah. have been going absolutely gangbusters really. You know, everyone's been to Bunnings. They've, like Bunnings has finally worked out digital, yeah. or at least, you know, click and collect. You know, it's yeah. took, taken them years of those catalogs with the, with the drawn by a, you know, by a draftsman pictures of their products, which is extraordinary. Um, but they've, they've finally started to get there. So for me, if you were choosing one of the two, um, Coles or, or West Farmers or even Woolies, you know, I, I'd go with West Farmers in that defensive kind right. of spot. I know that um, you know, Coles and Woolies just seem to per perennially do this. Yeah. You know, one's winning for six months and the other fights back and then they do this. And then they, they, you know, it's kind of a two-horse race, yeah. which we're really good at in Australia. Do you reckon West Farmers is a, b a better option? Well, I'm, I'm different to Henry on that. I, I put West Farmers in a slightly different category nowadays ah. because of the Coles you know, divestment. Um, I, look, I, I'm probably, probably a bit more negative on, on West Farmers only because the people that used to own West Farmers, as in retail investors, owned it because there was a lot of Coles in there, a lot of Bunnings and, and retail. Yeah. Uh, now they're going in a slightly different direction in their new investments, so the funds that they uh, accumulated from the sale of Coles, they're looking to invest in what we talked about earlier was some some lithium plays and things like that. So right. I think there's, I'm not going to say that they're, they're unsuccessful, I just think there's a greater risk in the investment right. than there okay. was outside of the Bunnings and, and the like. You right. know, but, you know, Target and, and Kmart have been basket cases for them for years, yeah. as it has been for Coles Meyer when they owned it and whoever owned it prior to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I think they're, they're probably looking to change direction there with yeah. removal of Target. But they're making some hard decisions. They're making some hard, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and probably decisions that, that people have been reluctant to make in the past. Yeah. So, look, you've got, to, you've got to try and make those decisions. But from a point, I, I see West Farmers are slightly different because of the direction it's going. Okay. All right, there you go, Dennis. That's the uh, the view on Coles. Uh, Stefan has sent in our um, stock for uh, number three suggestion today, BWX. Now, uh, these are natural beauty products. Um, Sukum, which I, I see in my wife's cupboard uh, pretty regularly in the bathroom. Uh, Nourish Life and Allow. Um, Henry, some... Some pretty good brand names, eh? Some very good brand names. The stock's done well. It's been a good story. It's had a few hiccups along the way. Um, I seem to remember there was a bit of a management buyout attempt, which went a bit wrong. Uh -huh. um, and there was some serious disruption to the business, and there was some conflicts of interest. I guess for me, the, the, the concerning thing, if it is concerning, is they haven't really had much of an update in the market since February. 
Um, right, so and we don't know how they've got so through So we're not this. really sure how they, they've got through this. Back in February, they talked about you know, full-year guidance, revenue growth of 20 to 25%, EBIT growth of 25 to 35%. So it's all good Impressive. back in February. Yep. But the world has changed. We don't know how uh, China has affected in terms of uh, their demand side of things. Um, clearly, they're coming out of the, uh, the coronavirus, and maybe that's picked up. Maybe it dropped and then picked up. So it would be nice to get a bit more of a a handle on where they are at the moment rather than just going back to February. But on the face of it, it's a good business, as you say. It's got great brands. Right. Um, it's done pretty well stock price-wise. Um, but, um, yeah, I just it's just kind of lurking in the back of my mind. It's got a big business in North America as well. Right. How's that affected them in, in, in the lockdown, the restrictions? So sort of avoid until well, the I, th I think if you if you were looking for a, you know the high risk go then you you buy it before the, the result season comes right. through, but if you're looking for some sort of certainty you can probably miss out on five percent and buy it with some certainty after there's some sort of update. Okay. So I'd rather buy it after that. Francesca. Yeah, I think Henry's covered that pretty well. You know, I look at the earnings historically. You know, there's there's been growth in the year, earnings year on year except for yep. 2019. Now I don't know. Um, you know, we don't have coverage of this stock, so I'm not 100% certain of what went on in that year because obviously it's not COVID because that's 2020 yeah. financial year. So, so I'm not sure what happened in in that year. Was um, that the management buyout? Yeah, it, it all it all went a bit pear shaped. So the market lost a bit of confidence. Yeah, the market did lose. Well, confidence. this is earnings, right. so you know we've yep. got to question why the earnings dropped while they were yep. making management buyout. Maybe they weren't focused on the core business and sales and so forth, but. You know, consensus I've looked at and looked at other people and they're, they're, they're suggesting that those earnings per share will grow into 2021. So, you know, if they're expecting earnings growth, it does trade on a fairly high multiple. So I would say it's probably a little bit expensive. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about the industry to sort of say that these stocks deserve to trade at a, at a premium to the rest of the market. But, yeah. you know, it seems to me that, you know, these products... Um, people that purchase them become loyal to the product mm. once they like it. And they are uh, great brands. Yeah. They are yes. good, good so. brands. Wham's been buying as well. Wilson Asset Management has yeah. been doing some buying. I, I think because it's being used as in, in beauty that you know once once someone uses a product they become comfortable with and they don't change a great deal. Yeah. So the, the, the you know, customer loyalty, I think, is, is fairly strong. Maybe that's why it trades at a, a, mm. at a high multiple. And, yeah. and like every other stock, it got sold off during the COVID. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with Henry. I'd, I'd sort of, you know, we don't have a recommendation on it, but I'm sort of more indifferent, if you like, right. than, than, okay. than excited about it. All right. Okay. Uh, Stefan, thank you for sending in that suggestion. Anthony has asked for an opinion on, uh, on Breville, which is, um, Henry, great Australian brand name. Great Australian great brand. Great products. Had a good rare run raising. I they think, did. is it? They just yeah. raised in the just last two weeks or so. 17 bucks, and yeah. the share purchase plan closes, what's it today, the 10th? Closes right. tomorrow. Okay. So uh, so that should take a little bit of pressure off the stock. I mean, as uh, as we've talked about, you know, people have been locked up at home. They've been using their coffee appliances, yeah. their espressos, uh, Breville's into all that, their pizza makers, their mixers. Um, it's, it's a very well-run company. Yeah. Um, they raise money. I think it's the first time they've ever raised money yeah. since they listed um, and interestingly, I think Solomon Lou didn't participate. No, he didn't. Yeah. But he had a, he's got around 32-odd percent premium investments yeah. has of that one. Um, to me, it's, it's a great story. Price is the issue, as always. Um, you know, they've bounced. What well, they get down to? They got down to 11 bucks or something. Here we are, mm -hmm. back up to 20. So they've doubled. 
Yeah. You know, it's 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 a big run. They issued stock at seventeen dollars. Uh, there'll be some of that coming out. I suspect it is uh, going to be relative free money, but people are going to be scaled back uh, to a sub substantial extent, I would imagine. So um, it's it's definitely a hold. It's a great company, price dependent. If it came back towards you know nineteen twenty bucks. I think it's um, it's an accumulate right. definitely, but there. but take up the share plan. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, if they're twenty two bucks, you're being offered shares at seventeen. Yeah. You know, go it's for your no life. Brainer, the, is the, it? the problem is, and this is this has happened <laughs> in so many SPPs, and a lot of our members have been really upset about this. Is you, you apply for your thirty grand, yeah. your thirty grand's tied hmm. up, you then come back and you get two grand's worth. Yeah. And yeah. you've missed all the other opportunities in the market. Right. And because they're doing them pro rata in some cases, because they are so attractive, it's been really, really frustrating. Mm. The, the really big money that the market uh, making, well, the, the changing money, the market changing money, has been made by the institutions that have taken the placements and the, yeah. uh, the rights issues. The poor old mums and dads have really been a bit shafted in this, uh, in this rally. Yeah, they get a bit diluted in that. Well, they area. get diluted. They don't get the shares they want. Mm. Um, some, like Cochlear, have expanded the, the share purchase plan and actually tried to look after them. NABs did the same. Yeah. But still, the demand is, is such that it is huge. Whereas the institutions, they just get a big whack at 17 bucks. Thanks for mm. coming. Um, yeah. And they're pretty much, you know, as long as you've paid the right people in terms of your brokerage. Yeah. You, you I might, I might defend the companies a little bit there with the institutional placements. They do tend to be supportive of um, uh, institutions that have supported their share oh, prices. Sure. Well. Uh, so sure. if you've got a new a newbie coming in and wants to be a new shareholder, they tend to leave them on the side and, sure, and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and support those that have supported the share yeah. price sure. as well. Or if you're, so, like, yeah. if you're like Next DC, they got don't like you institution, yeah. you're not yeah. going to get anything. Unless <laughs> you've been good boys and girls, you're going to get some. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So they yeah. played the game. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it does but, dilute retail shareholders. Yeah. Um, but at least they're doing it at a higher price, aren't they? Rather than a company that, that raised capital when the price had slumped in March yeah. and you got diluted by even more. Yeah. You? Well, it reminds me of um, GFC days and Centro Properties. Yes. Yeah, yeah, raising exactly. you know, $20 or whatever. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but then what, collapsed. What do you think of Rebel? Rebel, I like. Um, right. Yeah, from the from the business and the products they sell, yeah, we all know them. They're toasters, they're kettles, and as you've mentioned. Um, but I call them nowadays throwaway items. You know, yeah. you know when I was a kid, if you know if the kettle broke down or the toaster broke down, mum and dad took it to get it fixed and yeah. brought it back. <laughs> These days, they get thrown away. Yeah. Um, so you know, they're items that that can turn over quite quite frequently. So um, unlike things like washers and 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 dryers and you know cooktops yeah. and things like that. So I, I think they're in a really good space as far as their product line goes. Yeah, okay. um, and, and it's sort of a, a fashion statement. It is. For kitchens, because yep. everyone's got this cooking bar bargain, being in the kitchen. I was from my kitchen rules for years, and everyone's done up their yeah, kitchen. Yeah, the new little device to, 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 yeah. to, to, I don't know, peel carrots or shred yeah, carrots or whatever. <coughs> I've got to get one of those. Yeah. Um, so, so from that point of view, I love the business. I think it's a great business. It, yeah. it, 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 with all any investment, I look at it from a point of view, is the business good, well run? Yes, it yeah. is. Then how much am I prepared to pay for it? And at the moment, I think it's probably fully valued. Um, yeah. So I'm with Henry on that. I think it's pretty much a hold. Uh, but for long-term investors that you know maybe looking at this period of the market where there are opportunities, it's probably a good time to to, to right. increase your allocation or get a get your foot in the door with something like yeah. Rebel and and take up the purchase and take up yep. your yep. share purchase. Yep. Yep. You've got to do that. So, Anthony, maybe the reason for the question there was. 
if you're already an existing holder, should I take up the purchase plan or not? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, if you're looking at, at Breville, maybe wait for it to, and to be a new investor there. Wait for it to settle back down again after the raise and see how it goes. All right, our fifth stock uh, comes from uh, Trish. Uh, event hospitality, been in one of those industries that has just been the worst affected from the lockdowns. Um, cinemas across of, um, New Zealand and Australia. Also, they're in um, tourist hotels, Atura Ridges, QT hotels are owned by events, and also uh, the Three Boat Ski, um, ski Centre and Village um, down south of New South Wales. So, um, Henry, if here is a range of industries, every single one of them has been crunched. You could not have picked <laughs> a worse, worse business, worse business to be in when a pandemic hits. Yeah. Really and truly, I, I guess uh, for event hospitality, the, the key is, of course, as we re reopen, uh, we're going to have the ski right. season reopening. New Zealand is, is basically going to be back to normal, yep. with the exception of tourists uh, and incoming people so that that's going to be a boost for them the stock price has rallied pretty well uh, from six bucks up towards ten bucks so that that's yeah. that's certainly uh, you know it, it's building in some of that reopening I guess from a cinema perspective one of the problems they're going to have is it may be okay to get people back into the cinemas but what films are they going to be showing mm. you know because because people have been in lockdown for so long there is a potential, I know the James Bond film's been delayed till November, yeah. and I'm sure lots of other big Top blockbusters. Yep. Top Gun, oh yeah, that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah. Top oh, Gun. Oh, that. that'd be great. <laughs> Marcus would be so happy. He'll be, yeah. he'll be first in the line. He, he, he thinks he is in Top Gun. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the question, is whether there's product, and, and whether people feel confident enough to go back into the cinemas, go back to hotels. You know, I was out and about at the long weekend and on the South Coast, there was no shortage of people trying to get back to very right. much a normal life, yeah. people everywhere, um, lots of traffic on the roads again. So it won't be long. Um, whether the market's run a bit ahead of itself, I don't know. Yeah. But um, we, we shall see. But uh, you know, I think this is a good, good well-run company. Couldn't have picked a worse bunch of business yeah. to own, which conversely, when we come out, they yeah. should be they should be the okay. ones that are leveraged. So is this in this flight center webjet events uh, last to come out of lockdown um, ride them back up to um, yeah I think it um, is I think you know back. because okay. they've been affected the most in theory when we go back to some sort of new normal they yeah. should have the leverage the okay. most leverage to right. uh, to things so yes it, I think it does fall yeah. into that webjet flight center you know that group of corporate travel yeah, hello yeah. world all those things Kathmandu yeah. Um, just, just life being normal again. So yeah. it's 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 definitely a hold. I'm right. not sure I'll be piling in right. just yet, but certainly okay. you know with with New Zealand opening up, that that's a big, you know, that's, that's a relatively big yeah. business for them. Francesca. Yeah, it's one of those one of those things you sort of you can put um, some significant positives around coming out of the virus, but yeah. you can also put some significant negatives on there. So mm. if you you look at the hotels and resorts, you can say well. Australians are probably not going to travel overseas, so they'll start travelling internally, yeah. uh, and therefore your domestic travel is going to increase compared to what it would have been 12 months ago. Uh, but how much of that, how much of these businesses do they rely upon overseas travel? 
um, you wouldn't think that we're going to have a lot of to inbound tourism over the next six to 12 months, despite our country um, being probably one of the safer uh, yeah. throughout the pandemic. So, so you can toss up some positives and negatives in, yeah. in that in that aspect of it all. And, uh, and, and then will, you, will you sit next to a stranger at the movies? Well, then I go back to the movies. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that's, that's and, right. and, 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 you know, what sort of capacity were... And, and I don't know these numbers. Our, you know, our analyst covers it, and I haven't asked him the questions, but, but, you know, what sort of capacity were these cinemas running at prior to the virus? Yeah. And what sort of capacity would they be potentially be able to run at when you block out every second chair? You know, yeah. I don't think there's any cuddling in the back row of the no. cinemas anymore. <laughs> um, um, so, so they're, they're the sort of dilemmas I have with this type of stock, as yeah. opposed to the airline stocks. I mean, I, th I think they're fairly straightforward. Um, Threadbow, on the other hand, I think we'll probably find that you know, from a skiing holiday, you're probably going to find that the the, the Australians are probably going to ski domestically more than you know even even tripping over to New Zealand where where people think yeah. the snow is better or whatever not much of a scheme myself but uh, but I think well, I don't think that's lift tickets are going to be expensive lift tickets lift are tickets yeah, expensive. Yeah. yeah apparently well I'm a bit of a scare with the grandkids uh, no weekly passes only daily oh, passes only daily. 150 bucks a day wow that sounds cheap so this is this is thread bow was 170 <laughs> bucks for the, for the ski tube and the uh, and a lift pass it's extraordinarily expensive, oh, yeah. this country. So is that a bit of profiteering, do you think? And, and will, uh, will regulators... It's, just, it's such a short well, season. capacity. Too. Yeah, right. Okay. It's, it's a yeah. short season. You know, they've got a lot of money goes into snowmaking. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's tough for them to make money. Yeah. It's, it's oh, look, I'm not disputing that. So, so I'll so, throw up all these dilemmas in my own head and go, well, is, is there an upside to this? I think there is. Too hard. Yeah. I think it's too hard. Our analyst has a, has a, has a positive recommendation on it. Um, yeah. He's a big supporter of the business. Right. Um, but, you know, I still have question marks over my head how, how they do come out of that, as we all do. Yeah. Um, and, I, and as you say, would I risk my money on that, thinking, well, these are the, the, the this is the dichotomy yeah. I have, or yeah. do I go into something else? Uh, put so, it in the... Um Easier investments around to work out. Yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's halfway through our, our 10 stocks. Just a recap. Um, Credit Corp, uh, yes, from Francesco, a hold from Henry. Uh, both a no on uh, Pilbara Mines. Uh, Ords ha have a sell on it. Um, Colesmite, yes, from Francesco. Um, Henry prefers Wes Farmers. Hold on BWX and Breville and also Event. Um, Let's get to our sixth stock. This one from Stephen Francesco. Uh, Jupiter Mines um, has a the flagship project, a manganese mine in in South Africa. I think it's based. Yes. In the um, again, we don't have coverage of this. It is the flagship uh, asset of this company. So it's iron ore, manganese. Um, I looked at the grades that came out of um, uh, the South African mines, and it was they were fairly low in comparison to what comes out of you right. know, Australian mines. So so I, I'm not a fan of that side of it. Um, I, I look at um, you know what mm. sort of cash, and they seem to have a lot of cash sitting there on the balance sheet. So I'm not 100% not certain what they're doing with that cash, um, whether they're exploring for more. Um, but um, yeah, from my point of view, uh, I look at it and I, you know, I think, well, yeah, if I'm going to go into a materials company and, and, and look at iron ore miners, I'm looking at Fortescue, yep. Rio Tinto, yep. rather than... Go to than, the premium miners. I, I prefer to go to the premium, you know, quality yep. miners, um, quality grades coming out and quality customers. Yep. Henry? I know this one very well. Yep. Owned it for a long time. It's a manganese mine in South Africa. Shippy is their project. Uh, they own it with the black empowerment uh, side of things. It's pretty yep. much a joint venture. They throw off 
cash like there's no tomorrow. This is a 100-year mine life asset. Uh, manganese is tied up with a whole iron or steel story. Yeah. Um, the cash they produce, they basically pay out 92% of the cash in dividends. Wow. It all goes in dividends. There is no, there's very little exploration. There's a little bit happening around the, the edges, yep. but it's a very long mine life asset. The interesting thing is it's got some good, uh, colorful and exotic corporate players hiding in the background. Brian Gilbertson, who is BHP Bulletin, yeah. um, is on the register and he's a director. Uh, so it, it's an interesting wow. company. It's a cash cow. It pays out so much in dividends um, over the years. It For just, a little miner, it's, it's, is, is it, a dividend payer. It wow. just basically, it, it mines cash and it pays it out, almost mm. 100% some years. Wow. Um, it doesn't have a huge amount of capex in, in, in that respect because it's not looking for too much. I think it's got a 100-year mine life. Right. So right. it really is geared to the manganese price, which has had a bit of a rally recently, right. slightly coming off the boil at the moment. But that's really what it is. It's just a dividend. Right. The problem that they have, or the share price seems to have, is that the, the share price rallies in anticipation of the dividend, right. and the dividend gets paid, and it goes back to where it started from. Right. And it's a bit like a capital return. Um, in some years, it's it's almost a 17, 18% dividend yield. Right. Um, as I say, I think So is it is it more of a yield play? It is more of a yield play. It's okay. not a very exciting mining play. Right. It's long life, relatively low cost. They've got good, solid partnerships. There is a bit of corporate activity, um, a bit of jostling right. uh, for control of this thing because it is such a big cash cow. It probably yeah. could look good some in some other big companies' asset pool to generate the cash to drive mm, exploration. Okay. Oh, so it's an interesting, interesting. it's an interesting yeah. little company. It kind of oscillates between 23 and 40 cents. Every yeah. now and then it gets really barred up or they pay a special dividend because the manganese price is so strong. They make a lot of profits and they pay a lot yeah. of dividends. But it really is a yield kind of... So if you're a, because you would never look amongst the miners for a yield stock, People do have a look at this. Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's yeah, it it can be a little illiquid, but as I say, the problem is it starts at twenty seven cents, it rallies to thirty five, yep. they pay a five cent dividend, and it comes back to thirty cents, and then right. it spends the next year rallying <laughs> to thirty five and does it all over again. Right. So it's not, you know, it, it's kind of hard work in some respects, but right. you know, if you're looking for something relatively safe with some okay. corporate appeal, I've had it for donkey's years, just purely for the as, dividend. Well, also oh, okay. and that kicker with the manganese price, yep. and it. it it has kicked a little bit with iron ore, okay. um, but not not enough really yep. to, to propel it. Okay. All right, Stephen, fascinating little business there. Thank you for that suggestion. Uh, Peter has asked us to run our eye over uh, Steadfast uh, Insurance Pro, couple of listed insurance brokers on the market, aren't there, uh, Francesco? So it sort of um, Steadfast rolls up individual insurance brokers and puts them under the one big umbrella. What do you think of that, Steadfast? Yeah, look, our analysts got to accumulate on this on this stock. Um, as you say, you know, it's a it's an insurance broker. Um, noticing insurance premiums rising at, 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 in the current yeah. environment, so so obviously that's going to put some um, yeah <coughs> increase in revenue for for the insurance brokers. Um, and the 
they tend to be fairly sticky in a lot of these products. So, yeah. you know, once they sign up someone through insurance policies, they tend to be sticky for a period of time. So, um, look, you know, the trading updates that they've just recently given have been very positive. Um, our analyst has got a valuation of uh, 390 and it's trading around the sort of low threes, I think, at the right. moment. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think there's some upside in the share price. Right. Um, look, it's a, not an exciting stock as far as yep. what they do, but, um, you know, when they're generating cash, then, you know, you've got to be happy okay. with what they do. Henry? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Francesca's right. I mean, they're, they're not the most exciting stock in the world. Pre-virus, right. they kind of were in a bit of a trading range and are not very exciting. Uh, they're getting back towards that trading range, so we're probably going to see a bit of a grind higher. They did have an April trading update, which was pretty good, uh, certainly in line with their expectations, which has really helped the market. Um, if you ignore the kind of the, the, the mid-March craziness and the sell-off, they're, they're almost back to where they were pre-corona mm. in, yep. in the bulk of their trading. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it grind back up to, into that sort of 340, 350 level um, just as the market continues to bubble away. But as Francesca says, they're not the most exciting business right. world, but they are a sticky, defensive business. Maybe some corporate appeal there for someone bigger. But um, yeah, it's, it's certainly a hold and accumulate if there was any weakness, but um, not the most exciting or leveraged, okay. I guess, to uh, economic and growth. COVID shouldn't have impacted upon their underlying no. business at all no. anyway, so the share yeah. price movement... Although, you know, if, if small businesses go out of business, some of their that business will be lost to them. Yeah. Um, but again, we haven't really seen that crunch. No, yet. that'll probably come later, I yeah. would All imagine, right. yeah. Okay, so um, I hold or accumulate on Steadfast, a bit of a boring stock. Um, does Sandfire Resources uh, <laughs> excite you more, Henry? This is a less boring stock. This is a far more... Boring, a bit, but less boring. A, a, a big copper producer. A big, a big copper producer from DeGrusa and also in gold as well. Um, these guys, you know, it's been a... It's, been a volatile ride. It was volatile before Corona, and it's uh, it's been volatile since. Gold has had a, a fantastic run, really. Yeah. Uh, it's still been hovering above that seventeen hundred dollar level in terms of uh, U.S. gold price. So that is helping. Copper is starting to make a little bit of a renaissance, and we are seeing. You know, we call it Doctor Copper because it's supposedly some sort of uh, tool to be able to forecast global growth and it does react to global yeah. growth because yeah. it's in piping and plumbing, electrical cables and all those sorts of things. So it does. And of course, in electrical vehicles as well. Right. Uh, it's a big component of electric vehicle motors. So um, I, I do like Samfire. I think, you know, mm. if, if the gold price continues to bubble around and it's had some good days and bad days, it's come well off the top. Yeah. But uh, for Aussie guys, that's primarily a function of the Aussie dollar. God, it's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. 70, 70 cents. Who'd yeah. have, who'd have yeah. thought that? couple of months ago. Yeah. So um, yes, I like Samfire. It's good okay. quality, good operation, good assets. Uh, DeGroose is a quality asset that they brought on stream pretty well. Um, but yeah, copper and gold. If you, if you don't okay. like those, then avoid it. But if yep. you do, it's a good right. way to play it. Yeah, look, um, as, as Henry said, you know, it's um, a least boring stock. Uh, yeah, we, we have a whole recommendation on it. Uh, it's trading pretty close to its net present value that we see it as. You know, cash flows are sound. Um, you know, I wouldn't say there's a significant amount of growth, but again, driven by the underlying commodities of copper and gold. Personally, I think gold's um, probably more sees more downside risk than, than upside in gold at the moment right. because we we are at the probably the worst part of pandemic and and people seeking you know havens of safety if you like. So um, I suspect the gold price might sort of drift lower 
from right. here. Yeah. But that doesn't change the outlook of you know the CFI as a whole recommendation for us. And you know they'll continue to produce. Um, you know, but good the, company, the, good management. Good company, good management. What are the risks? The risks are the underlying commodity price. Um, you know, maybe they might have a hiccup in their operations in production or something like that, but don't see it because of, you know, the good mm. management and operations. Mm. Okay. All right. So uh, that was sent in by Susie. So that's a good opinion for you, Susie, on uh, Sampire Resources. And Night Stock Charter Hall Social Infrastructure Fund. It's a, a retail investment trust. Um, and when I saw infrastructure, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Is it in roads and dams and things like that? Only to find out, basically, <laughs> basically builds childcare centres. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's the it's the landlord, isn't it? Of, uh, they have yeah. kind of dressed the name up a little bit, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social infrastructure. I yeah, yeah. I don't think it'd be quite so uh, quite so sexy if it was charter hall childcare builders. <laughs> Although I do prefer the actual property than the actual businesses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I was going to say is is. Is it what is it? Uh, G eight education. Yeah, yeah. Is it the landlord of well, sort of G eights into owning some of them? Yeah, and, and yeah. running the childcare yeah. centres. This is the landlord of a lot. It is, and a lot of I mean, a lot of childcare centres are still. It's a very fragmented industry. It's lots of yeah. mums and dads yeah. still running local childcare centres, that, yeah. and still and some non profit uh, people as well in there. So it and is many sold out to Eddie Groves at ABC, <laughs> and, and then when they went bus <laughs> bought back in. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean th these guys have raised money recently as well. Right. Um, they've got great occupancy rates. It's a very well run mm. company. I suspect it will just continue to grind higher. The, the risk, I suspect. You know, is that um, when we go back to a new normal and the government has withdrawn the funding it has for childcare centres, there are some casualties. But yeah. these, these guys have got quality portfolio. Um, I, I think this is a pretty safe one, to be honest, in, in, okay. in that REIT space. It's not, you know, it's not in office blocks, it's well, not in commercial. Because I, I was going to say that, sort of REITs, um, shopping centres, office blocks, people are going, oh, maybe with the coming out of the pandemic, change of behaviour, yep. uh, retail rents, avoid them. If you're after a REIT, is this a better one I in, a, in a better sector to be in? I think it's certainly a safer sector. It's hard to see them being stellar on, on growth side of things. Right. Um, but as a safe defensive play, right. um, if you're looking at more aggressive REITs, I guess there's things like uh, GMG Goodman, yeah. which has been an outstanding success in the logistics and warehousing space. Yeah. And we're seeing that growth with the Amazons of this world and the Kogans, mm. you know, the, these guys are expanding. They need logistics centers. Goodman's very, very good at that, very aggressive at that. Um, but this is a safe, dullish, you know, we build the things, we rent the things to, to, yeah. to, to operators of childcare centers. We know that occupancy rates are, are going to be down. It's going to take some time to come back. But generally, um, you know, we're all going to be yeah. going back to childcare. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it was up close to 380 yeah. not that long ago before yeah. this all hit. What do you reckon, yeah. Francesca? I mean, at 380 is probably, probably a bit overvalued, but I think no. all the property trusts were, were pretty overvalued before the pre-COVID um, you know, virus. Um, our, our recommendation on this is accumulate. Charter Hall is a very good manager of properties. Yeah. You know, they've got some yeah. really good property trusts, I think. Um, this particular one, you know, as you mentioned, childcare centres, Australia and New Zealand, but they have just recently sold off um, uh, the New Zealand, I don't know if they shelled off all the properties in New Zealand mm. or part of it, 
Um, so that's an indication that there's demand for these assets out yeah. there as well. Um, look, it's, it's gearing is very manageable. It's around the mid-20s to high-20s, which you would expect from in a property trust. Um, it's, it's got very good interest cover, so it's covering its debt quite well. Um, look, it's trading on a mid-teen multiple, which is normal for a property trust. It's putting out a, a dividend yield of five to six percent, which is again normal for a property trust. Yeah. Um, so there's no alarm bells there for me, if you yeah. like. When I look at a property trust, I look at those sort of things and think, you know, is there alarm bells there? Is the gearing too high? Why is it high? And those sort yeah. of things. So so there's no alarm bells. As, as I mentioned earlier, I, look, I'd rather be an owner of the centres than, than the actual running of the centres. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's much more defensive play. Um, you know, it's okay. I'm not saying okay. that you know from a property point of view that's where I'd want to be. Yeah. But when you're looking across the the, the 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 wealth of property trusts here in Australia, I mean Charter Hall's got another one called the Long Weighted uh, Average Lease Expiry Trust, which <laughs> I really like for what, defensive. What, 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 are they what are they investing? So in other words, <laughs> well, a lot of the properties they're investing in the tenants are things like Telstra government departments that that take okay. out long lease times, right. so ten. 15-year leases with you know built-in you know increases in rent to the right. CPI and things Government like that. Stuff as well. So right. yeah, so the risk of those tenants going broke and falling. Yeah. And even during this crisis, we had a meeting. You know, you know they presented to our, our morning meeting over the um, uh, Zoom, uh, Zoom or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and you know they talked about some of the risks in within those properties and it's generally you know a, a, a coffee shop that's within one of the right. within one of the centers rather than the center itself right. so so their tenants are very either government departments or or, right. or quasi government departments or, or okay. large so, blue chip so what corporates. do they call it again uh, it's called the whale right. the weighted average long <laughs> lease expiry <laughs> obviously a builder came up with that not a marketer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I love it. Oh, so, so in, in respect, you know, I'm looking really at different things. This is a, a unique one as well. Yeah. From you mentioned retail, from shopping centre point of view, I, I'd you know there's certain shopping centres that I would steer clear of, the large format yeah. ones, because they're becoming more of an entertainment centres rather yeah. than shopping centres. Yeah. I like the sort of smaller, you know, Woolies or Coles um, corner store, which has right. maybe ten or twenty uh, retailers in it. Um, they tend to be a much more defensive retail okay. investment. But yeah, right. the social infrastructure or yeah, childcare yeah. centres, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we like it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah it's Accumulate, not going to shoot you but, but go, go for the weighted long for defence. That could be a better yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> and Goodman's. Uh, all right. Um, now, and Goodman's for growth. Yeah. Yes. Now, Henry, you were excited about Samphire Resources. Um, this next suggestion from uh, John, uh, St. Barbara. Um, Gold producer, Western yeah. Australia, Papua New Guinea, um, even in Canada. Yeah, Nova recent Scotia. acquisition of Atlantic Gold in Canada, um, which they say is going well. Right. Uh, the pro I guess the problem with St. Barbara is it wasn't exactly knocking the lights out before this all erupted. And compared to other gold companies who have been going stellar, uh, the Northern Stars, the Saracens, the Evolutions, yeah. etc., they weren't really doing a fantastically great job. They did have some issues with Gualia. Uh, right. The Atlantic Gold they bought, which was a little bit of a surprise, took them outside uh, some people's comfort zones, I guess. So they've suffered a little bit from that. But this is this is very much a gold play yeah. and, and a kind of that leverage to gold. For me, if you, if you like gold and you're going for the gold play, there are better gold companies to go for. 
Um, I prefer things like Northern Star, Saracen Evolution. Gold Road has been sold off dramatically. Uh, they got down to a dollar forty yesterday. They topped out at one ninety recently. Wow. So they've got really whacked about the head, probably more than they deserve. So those are probably better names in the in the okay. sector if you're going to go for gold. And most people buy gold as some sort of hedge against the bad times coming. Yeah. And, and the idea is that they perform. Uh, when the market doesn't. So if the market yeah, drops... It's a bit of insurance. Then, yeah, it's a bit of insurance. Nobody really puts their whole portfolio in there, but it is a little bit of insurance. Yeah, okay. this, is, this is not as good insurance as some of the other insurance you could buy. Okay. All right. Francesco? Um, look, our analyst got a buy on, um, you know, valuation of 410. Um, look, I, I've only had a look at this stock over the last couple of days. Um, in preparation for this, and, and you know, I'm starting to think that maybe I should be, you know, discussing that with my clients um, because um, the PNG mine they've, they've moved into um, uh, an updated pre-feasibility study, so they're not far off yeah. uh, moving into a final investment decision. Should that progress, um, obviously there's going to be potentially some, you know, capital discussions with shareholders, um, but you know, there's potential upside there if they move into into production in that mine, um, you know. Looking at the cash flows and everything from your existing operations, I think they're they're solid. Yeah. Um, and you know, as Henry mentioned, it's sort of you know being downtrodden by a lot of the others in the marketplace. Mm. But I think you know, looking at it over the last couple of days, there's you know definitely some opportunities in this new okay. PNG mine. All right, great. All right, uh, John, that gives you uh, the view on some Barbara mines. Uh, just to recap, the the last five stocks in our ten today, uh, Jupiter. Um, a no from Francesco. Um, Henry said, if you're going to look at it, look at it for its dividend. Uh, sounds a really interesting business. I had, n- I had no idea. Just cash. That's a, but yeah, just, yeah, just shuts cash. Shuts out cash. I, yeah. I love learning about these companies <laughs> that sort of fly under the radar. It's what the call and Ausbiz is all about. Uh, steadfast and accumulate from odds, but a hold from Henry. Um, a hold for Sampire Resources from Francesco. Um, Henry quite likes Samphire Resources. Uh, Charter Hall, um, yes, boring stock for a, a real estate investment trust. Um, Francesco's thrown in of the long-weighted whatever, whatever, um, <laughs> as an option. And some Barbara, uh, there are better options for Henry or to have an accumulate on it. So um, really appreciate everybody sending in their suggestions. and. My thanks uh, to Francesco from Ords. Pleasure, Francesco, Dan. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Yeah, oh, good to see you again. Great to have you aboard. And Henry from Marcus today, always great to have you here as Pleasure. well.